welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today, we're going to visit with Josh Swiger. Josh is the owner and executive producer of Blues Alley Studio in Morgantown, West Virginia. Of course, that's in Montegalia County. But before we get started, I want to tell you just a little bit about our mission at Positively West Virginia. Each week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. When we first started this podcast project back in 2017, one of the things we wanted to do was encourage our listeners with inspirational business stories from right here in the Mountain State. To date, we've produced more than 200 episodes and Positively West Virginia is now a 501c3 nonprofit entity. Learn more about our mission of advancing small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. You know, I get to see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every day that a lot of people, quite frankly, never get to hear about. So our team at Interaction Media is working to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. They're right here in our state. And we want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies and organizations right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out. I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and more importantly, their stories. Once again, our guest today is Josh Swiger. Josh is the owner and executive producer of Blues Alley Studio in Morgantown, technically Westover. They just got a new location. We're going to learn about that uh, in Montegalia County. Josh, thanks for being on the show today, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to you know, being here and just letting you know what we're doing. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to have you on the show. I've known Josh for, for a number of years. Josh Weiger is the producer, engineer, performer, and music industry from, uh, from Morgantown, West Virginia. Josh has been active in the national and regional music industry for more than 25 years. His emphasis has been in record label management, recording engineer, and live event production and management. Josh has owned and operated Blues Alley Studios, uh, a studio in, in, uh, in Morgantown since 1993. His studio work as an engineer and producer has allowed him to collaborate with the Walt Disney Company, the New Relics, his band, The Argument, the Joseph Sisters, WVU, Huey Mack, and other regional and national artists. Josh is also a professor of music industry at West Virginia University. I want to learn more about that, too. It's a cool program that they've got started at the Creative Arts Center. And he's an active voting member of the Country Music Association, the CMA. So if uh, if your favorite artist wins, you could thank uh, in part Josh Swiger for that. Exactly. I invited Josh on the show today to talk about his, his company, Blues Alley, to share their story and to give our audience some valuable insight into the business he leads right here in West Virginia. Josh, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro and give us a little behind the curtain look into Blues Alley. Um. I mean, that's a pretty robust intro. This, I think we covered just about everything. Um, I guess, you know, the, the biggest thing for me and with what we were doing here at Blues Alley, it was first just a a need. You know, we I was young. I was in my early 20s and there weren't any really recording studios around. And at the time it was like, well, do you 
do you go out of state, do you, you know, which we did a couple of times, uh, the bands I was working with, or, you know, do you build a studio? And the first one literally was built in my basement. And this was at the time when, right at the time when you could really start affording to do those things that you didn't have to spend, you know, $2 million. Um, so it really just kind of started out as that. Um, and then we just sort of, you know, once you kind of build it, and then you move it out of your mother's basement under her bedroom. Um, <laughs> about you know, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me. Like, you know, sessions were cut off at like nine o'clock because that's when she went to bed. Just when you're getting rolling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, and of course, my father sitting down there right beside saying, ah, nah, she'll be fine for 30 minutes. <laughs> but uh, then, you know, we just moved out. Then it was like, well, now that we have this, um, we can record other people. Um, so now it was a way to, and then initially it like, it kind of went, was like, wow, we could actually have pay for this by letting other people do it. So it wasn't this like master plan, um, as much as it was just, it's sort of like, like I said, it started out as need. And, and I think like entrepreneurial sort of ideas sort of are that nobody ever says, well, let's make money. It's like you, you find a need it's, or you need to change the dynamic or change the, the narrative, so to speak. And that's, that's just kind of what we did. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks for that behind the, the scene kind of, uh, you know, backstory, if you will. Josh, I always like to ask folks, what's your 30-second pitch for Blues Alley? In other words, what is it that you tell people that you do in 30 seconds? Uh, you know, really, you know, if you want to get a really great recording, any style of music, um, just just come see us. I mean, we've done it all. Uh, we, sort, we have the gear. We have the knowledge. Um, I tell a lot of people, you know, at this day, get out of the bedroom. I mean, bedroom recordings don't ever knock a bedroom recording, but there comes a point in time when you need to like take that next step and just, you know, come visit. I mean, we'll give, we'll, we'll do you right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. Now, you know, what, I guess the, the kind of the, just thinking about what you just said right there and it's, it's inspirational, right? Cause I, I know people, I, I get people asking me, Hey, you guys produce music. And I say, no, you got to talk to Josh. <laughs> you know, what, what, um, you know, how, how does that work? Is If you've got a, a song in your heart and you say, hey, I want to, I've written a song, I want to produce, you, I just come to you and you, you'll help me put the thing together. Say, hey, I've got a drummer, I've got some session players and we can put put in and backing track and that. How does that all work? Talk a little um, bit. Usually, you know, that's sort of the thing. A lot, a lot of artists come and they already sort of have an idea of what they're going to do musically. Some artists come, which I call like, and do production music in the sense that they're coming in to make a demo to be able to go out and use to, to get, you know, gigs and other things like that. Ooh, yeah. Then you have, then I have the track that's sort of like the, the, the artist track where people are coming in writing original music. They've got some great ideas uh, for that original music. Um, and they have some players and we sort of kind of help shape and mold a lot. Some studios, you know, strictly just record. They're like, well, let's just record what you got. But I always look at it as like, if our name's going to be on it, if I have the opportunity to say, hey, you know, you could do this a little better here. Or maybe if you did this turnaround different, or maybe if we brought this down in the song, you know, sort of like, you know, kind of, you know, really producing it, yeah. they come away happier. Um, because sometimes, you know, a lot of people, like, like you said, they have this raw shape of a song. And if they're a little bit of a novice about it, you know, our job is to really like get them to the next level. Um, but then I have people that come in that are, you know, seasoned, know what they want. And, and that's, you know, when it gets really fun because, you know, both producer hats are on 
theirs and mine. And it's like, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And, yeah, absolutely. And you have a lot of good, you know, have a lot of good things happen. Well, I think, you know, Josh, I, I know you as a just an amazing musician as well. Uh, you play the bass, uh, and it, you know that's got to be real helpful. To, you know, to not 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 to, not to say that you're just a recording engineer or, or a producer, but you're a musician too. You're mm-hmm. in a band. You've been a, in a band for a long time, and you understand how a song should be constructed, how it should be, how it should uh, flow, right? The, right? the dynamics of the music, and you know all those kinds of things. Like you said, the turnaround and and all the components that go into it, making a great song. Uh, is that helpful? Uh, having that uh, experience as a musician coming into a session like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's helpful because you can put yourself in the place of the musician, you know, you can, you've stood where you've stood in their shoes. So you know exactly, you know, what's going on. Um, and you can sort of, you know, almost be like in the band in that moment to be able to react and be able to say, Oh, I know we should do that. Or, you know, we should do that. A lot of the best engineers, um, and producers are musicians. But then again, like I say that, but on the flip side, Jimmy Iovine, who produced Tom Petty and has done numerous hits, doesn't play an instrument. Yeah. He, he, you know, like Rick Rubin doesn't, you know, those are mega producers that look at music through the ideas of almost more of the fan and that's how they produce. But yeah. I, I tend to like be on the musician side and, you know, my, my running joke with a lot of musicians, I say some of the best records were produced by bassists. It's just that everybody doesn't realize it. And that's like REM, you know, some of those REM records, you know, Mike Mills played bass. Yeah. yeah. Great producer. And the the best one, if you really want to start a fight in a bar is tell everybody that Led Zeppelin uh, doesn't work without John Paul Jones. And then it's like, (laughs) Oh, that's, that's like, you know, you're throwing down at that point, but it's kind of the truth. Uh, That's great. That's great. Josh. Well, one of the things that, uh, that one of the reasons I wanted to tell your story is you got some exciting news. You're in some new digs. You're sitting in your brand new studio. Talk a little about the the new location and the new studio that you just built uh, for blues alley. Okay. Um, You know, like I said, like early on, I literally started this in the basement of my parents' house under my mother and father's bedroom in a, you know, we just sat the gear up and just started knocking it out. And then from there, it was like, okay, this is great. I like what you're doing. Get it out of my house. This is what my, you know, my mother said, um, jokingly. So we moved up to Morgantown and originally we found like a garage that we could rent. You know, we just sort of renovated this big garage um, and hacked it together. Um, and then that building was going to be torn down. And then we moved to another location. Uh, and that was like in a strip mall. And then they wanted more rent. And then we moved to another location. And we were at that location for the longest time in Osage. So all of those studios, really, we had to adapt to the space. Like, here's the physical space that, that we have. Make it work. Now, yeah, how's it work? How are we going to make it work? You know. So finally, I got to the point in my life and career where I said, you know, let's, let's build it from the ground up. Let's build it to the way that we really want it to look and, and, and how it works um, without having to worry about, oh, well, there's, you know, a conduit here, a piece of light there. We can't build around this or, you know, those sort of things. So we were able to, you know, basically put it up, you know, from the ground up. And so we built about, you know, a thousand square foot facility, which some people, you know, think like, it's not really big. It's, it's, big enough, you know, there's, you know, I would have loved to have had a 3000 square foot facility, but I don't, you know, it's just not a need. Um, 
you know, for what we do, we can do a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. So, you know, we built it from the ground up. Um, it's got plenty of isolation. It has all the things that like every major studio has isolation booths, uh, you know, equipment, major gear, all the same stuff. It's just here in Morgantown, um, you know, and it's comfortable. Like, I mean, like I've said, I've known musicians that have gone into major studios and have walked in and they get very intimidated. You know, they're like, oh my God, I can't be here. Um, you know, that isn't what we want to do here. You know, we want you to walk into something that's, you know, comfortable, fun, um, something that, feels like home to you and we're just going to you know make great music you know no 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 foul um you know so that's really like you know that moving around it was finally just a time to say okay now we have the opportunity to 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 do this from you know the ground up and physically built like honest to god like my father and i built probably 80 percent of the building you know the man is 75 years old and can still destroy me in terms of working well, wow, yeah. that's that's amazing, and you and of course your 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 dad is Harry, Swagger, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, great, uh, well well uh, well renowned tour bus driver and manager for the New Relics as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mentor, a mentor to a lot of a lot of people. I mean, you know, this journey of of mine is as much his journey as well. You know, he played music growing up. Yeah, um, and it's you know it's just, it's definitely been a partnership, um, a great father son relationship. And it, you know, I'll be honest, it, it doesn't work. Never would have worked without him. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's such a, a, an honor to be able to work alongside uh, your father, you know, and build something really cool. And I, I love the idea that you guys are in there swinging hammers and cutting boards and stuff together, really building this thing from the ground up. Now blues alley studio in Westover, West Virginia, right just outside of Morgantown mm-hmm. is probably if if not the top one of the top i'd say probably the top most best equipped professional recording studios in all of west virginia yeah i i could i could probably argue that uh, i've done a little bit of research um and i'm not a you know i'm not a bragger i'm more of a humble but i've you know i've, I've sort of done the research and, and and i can't you know really say inside the state if there's anybody that really you know, has what we have. Um, and if they do, I would love to know about it just because in this in recording industry, it's, it's really like a lot of partnerships. It's sort of like certain studios, you get your niche of what you, what you do well. And if it's something that's a little outside of your wheelhouse, you'd love to be able to recommend say, Hey, you need to talk to so-and-so this is their game because really we all just want the artist, you know, the performer to have what they want the best. But exactly. yeah, I don't think that out in, inside the state, um, you know, that I know of, you know, we're sort of, you know, the, the most equipped. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go with that statement. I, I, I tend to agree. Absolutely. I had the folks on uh, as a special episode a couple of months ago from the uh, West Virginia Music Hall of Fame, and they were mm-hmm. talking about uh, music as kind of an entrepreneurial venture, you know, and it was really neat to be able to talk about uh, the history of music in West Virginia. And, and I, I think that's pretty neat, Josh, what you're doing, because not only are you uh, helping other entrepreneurial musicians get their work out there and produced and, and beautiful and, and sounding amazing, but you're also part of, of music history, right? When you make a recording, that that's part of history. And that, yeah. I think that's, that's pretty neat. And, and I think about all the great musicians, everything from from uh, little Jimmy Dickens to Hazel Dickens to Brad Paisley to Kathy Matea. There's been a 
I mean, I'm just scratching the surface of obviously of, of, of well-known names, but there's a, a ton of great music that's, that's born in West Virginia and comes from this great state. And the fact that you're serving those musicians, I think is a, is a pretty neat, pretty neat deal. Where, where do most of your clients, most, most of your music, are they mostly West Virginia born and born and bred kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Most of it is, um, you know, I get a few things out of Pittsburgh here and there. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, you know, born and raised inside of West Virginia, um, which, which that's great because, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, one of those people from West Virginia, if anybody's ever seen the movie failure to launch Matthew McConaughey made a famous statement and said, you know, it's going to take a hand grenade to get me out of my parents' house. I'm sort of like that with West Virginia. It's like, it's going to take a lot to get me to leave. Yeah. Um, and I want, you know, I want the musicians of the state to really be, you know, recognized for, for their work and say, you know, that's what, you know, we can do these things here. We can do these things in West Virginia. We don't, we need to quit leaving. Um, and we can do it here. It's just like West Virginians come together. You got a state with West Virginians and it's not like, you know, everybody's, it's like, where are you from? And when you ask that, it's like, they're referring to the County, you know, you know, you know, you say, oh yeah, I'm like Harrison County, but I'm Rexon County. Oh, you know, so-and-so. That's yeah. just the thing. So, Absolutely. and I work statewide, you know, with, you know, musicians. Um, one of the, uh, one of the best projects we recently just re- finished up was, um, and this is working with WVU, uh, is a group out of Huntington called Duquesne. And it's not spelled like the French version. It's, you know, D-U-C-A-I-N. And this is a great rock band from the Southern part of the state. I mean, like if, you know, Blackberry Smoke, Whiskey Myers, just watch out. Like they are absolutely fantastic. And they're, you know, they're Huntington, they're Huntington boys, Huntington Cross Lane boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, you know, that's really like my personal bread and butter. I, I love doing, you know, those sort of things because I want to see that success. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know how, you know, the struggles, I mean, you know, the, I mean, it, everybody thinks, well, these, these guys are, you know, got a, a net worth of $20 million and they've only been on the scene for two years. Well, it takes a lot of work, right? You know, you just don't become an overnight success. You know, I, I had somebody on a podcast the other day said I, I was an overnight success. It took me 10 years to become yeah. a Yes. But obviously in the music business, it's, uh, it's not necessarily the, those who have the most talent or the, or the best song or whatever. It's just a lot of it has is timing, right? And you hit the, hit a certain, hit a certain uh, rhythm with the, with the song it comes out and it, it, it takes off. And next thing you know, you know, you're, you're, you're on your way, but most of it's a grind and you're, you're, you're packing up the tour bus or packing up the van and you're, you're on tour and you're hitting these uh, clubs whenever we're able to get back to doing that uh, in, in different uh, venues and fairs and festivals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Josh, I, I want to ask you, uh, we're going to stay with the business vein mm-hmm. here for a few minutes. And I want to, I definitely want to talk about the WVU project that you're working on over there mm-hmm. at uh, West Virginia University. But what, what would you say uh, has been your best moment since you've owned and operated Blues Alley Studio? What's, what's the best business moment you've had? You know, probably the recent, the, the recent move you know, I've been doing this for, you know, for almost, you know, 20 years and we got this thing done and I was over here one day and this was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I sat down on the couch behind the, the mixing console. Right. And I just sort of sat there and I actually played the first song I played was the, one of the very first recordings that we had done with the new relics uh, in the, in the studio in Suncrest the title of the song was called something new. I sort of felt it was appropriate that I felt that the speakers needed to have that playing because, you know, with that band, I mean, 
we toured hard for 12 years, did a lot of work, still playing. And I sat on the couch. It's just me and the me in the space. And, you know, a lot of people will say, um, you know, they, they think that question will answer to you. It's like, well, when I made my first X amount of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it was like that was the moment. It was like kind of like, okay, you're you've you've achieved, you've yeah. you've hit the success point. You're sitting here and you're sort of, you know, resting on your laurels, sort of thing. And and you felt you feel good about everything that you've done and, and you're playing a song that you recorded 20 years ago yeah um, so cool. that was the appropriate thing to play at the time what a great story i love that and uh it, it, you know i just i can only imagine the feeling that you would have had just just sitting there going okay we built this thing and it's almost like a um it's almost like a breath of fresh air now you can you have all you have a new start with this new studio and this mm-hmm. Space and all the great technology and, and recording equipment that you have. I want to uh, talk about the flip side of that. What's mm-hmm. what's the worst business moment you've had? I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from those. There, you know, there there's just you know the years when, yeah, when you were scraping to like you know put the rent together, uh, you know things like that, or, um, you know just you get some slow times or some projects that you had to do that you were just like. Uh, you know, uh, my buddy, uh, a friend of mine is a recording engineer up in the northern, uh, not he's not in West Virginia, but in the Panhandle region. He said with his recordings, he says he has two kinds of rate rates. One is the project rate. And those are the things that he really likes to do. And then one is the hourly rate for the things that he just has to do. And, I, you know, we've all had some of those have to do moments. Um but I really, there's never been really like any dark and doom and gloom times. Um, because like I said, we, we sort of took this as, you know, we just found we're looking for a need. It was a need to do so that we just kind of took it from that. Yeah. I, I often say that, you know, um, a business, you know, really exists to, to solve a problem or fill a need. Right. It, yep. it, and there's all sorts of altruistic things. Like you want to create jobs, you want to create, you know, um, opportunities for people all those great things but really uh you have to you have to make a profit number one right Mm -hmm. Uh, or else it just is a hobby and or or and i should say you got to fill a need or or solve a problem for somebody and it looks like doing all that josh i want to take a second just to mention the sponsors that we have for positively west virginia they include insurance centers the state journal wvnews.com and interaction media the support we receive from these west virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today is Josh Swiger. Josh is the owner and executive producer at Blues Alley Studio and Records in Morgantown, West Virginia. Josh, you know, music, the arts is such an important part of West Virginia culture, you know, and it's not just bluegrass and country and old time music. It's it's rock. It's it's Mm -hmm. jazz. I mean, there's there's been some amazing musicians come out of West Virginia. I think of Bill Withers. Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the one of the all time greats, uh, a legendary uh, rhythm and blues uh, soul singer. And I think about, um, you know, what you're doing there with with WVU, just hearing that backstory, hearing what you're doing with Blues Alley now with this new facility. I mean, you're you're ratcheting up this whole movement in the music industry in West Virginia in massive ways. And I just. I think that's very impressive, and I just I'm inspired by that. What's one of the the big challenges you face right now? I mean, I, obviously, it, it, you know, the music industry is very difficult. Uh, <sighs> the pandemic with live performances and 
I feel like there's been a lot of folks that have been uh, um, suffering through that. But uh, aside from the pandemic and everything, what what's one of the biggest challenges you see out there right now? Um, so one of the big, like, there's a couple things like, well, live music is dead right now. And we know that why, I mean, that's a, just a pandemic thing. We'll, we'll get over that hump. Yep. Um, Can't wait. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. Trust me. Um, but you know, one of the, one of the biggest challenges is for musicians right now is that, you know, the, the ease of uh, the consumer has the ease of getting music. You know, you can pay $10 a month for Apple music, right. And you have you know, you have every song on the face of the planet in your pocket if you want it, you know, which for the consumer is fantastic. But for the artist, it's not so fantastic because in the old days, you know, when you bought a CD or an album or vinyl or a cassette or pick your poison, you know, the artist made 15% of that. So if you think like, oh, I sold a CD for 10 bucks, they made $1.50. And then if they were the songwriter on that on that record, um, they probably made another, you know, 50 cents or something, you know, which was, which was good when you sell millions of records. But when you get into this, when you get into the streaming world, you know, every time a song is played on one of those platforms, I mean, it pays 0.004. Yes. I said 0.004, not 0.04. It's like fractions of a penny. So a million for a song that gets played a million times, an artist makes like 2,500 bucks. Now, you know, find me an artist that, you know, is, you know, that's nothing, you know, I mean, I could go out and play five live gigs and make 2,500 bucks. So the ease of convenience as is affecting artists. Now we've had some updates in the laws, like the music modernization act has, has improved some of that stuff. And there was some resistance from, you know, you know, the Apple, not, not necessarily Apple more Spotify, about having to pay more. I always laugh, resistance from companies making billions of dollars. Um, so, exactly. I mean, that's sort of one of the things. It, um, it kind of flipped, didn't it? Because back back when I was growing up, the artists made their money on the, on the records, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, and the touring was kind of a lost leader. You had a tour so you could sell more records. And then it flipped where they, they were making money on the live gigs and the live performances, but not so much on on the sale of the actual song it, records. But now with the pandemic, it's like everybody's kind of like, you know, wow, we're in this dark place right now and we can't wait to get back out. Exactly. I think the concert I saw was the summer of 2019, I think. And it was, uh, but it was a good one. It was uh, Willie Nelson opening up for Van Morrison. Ooh, oh, that is good. And uh, oh, who else was on that that bill? It was, it was a really good one. Um, Oh, I can't think of who else it was, but there was another artist on there too. But it was, it, you know, Van Morrison was like on my bucket list, and we got to see him and Willie Nelson on the same. That's cool. Same tour. That was pretty cool. But I can't wait to for live music to get back open and and folks to you know. In the meantime, right now they need to come to see Blues Alley and, and get their records. Uh, and, and that's sort of the thing. Like ironically, like when in a pandemic, you know. All the live musicians can't do anything. So I've gotten a lot. It's all the things that they want to say, well, we could record, you know, it's like, okay, you know, so, you know, we've been able to do some, um, you know, some great new recordings, um, a lot of great recordings with, you know, with what I'm doing with College of Creative Arts um, as well. So, yeah, I mean, the studios, you know, you can ironically in studios, you can maintain social distancing uh, because you kind of have to anyway. Isolate you know, you, studio, right? The yeah, isolation booth. <laughs> yeah, you're isolated. You, you have to. It's like that's just part of the thing, you know, so it, it ends up working out that way. Uh, so, 
you know, we can, we can, we can do those sort of things. Um, and, and musicians, that's, you know, they, I always say musicians find a way, you know, yeah. it's, you know, they, they do. So, um, but that's one of the biggest you know, challenges. I, I think one of the other challenges really in within the state of West Virginia is support for the arts um, support for arts and arts education, I think is, is a, is a challenge in general that we have, like you said, you've named so many great artists yourself, Jim, and none of them are here. I mean, they all had to leave to go to really do. Now, that's a sort of a biased question or a biased statement, I will admit. But at the same time, you know, there are, you know, there are artists that can work inside of the state of West Virginia and make, you know, a good living and, and, you know, our fairs and festivals, you know, we need to support that. When you support arts and culture, it actually, it grows, it grows your GDP, so to speak. It grows your economy. You know, it, it, it creates a better, uh, you know, human experience for where you live. So, you know, when you do those sort of things, and I, I work a lot in live industries, you know, as well. And I work with many, many fairs and festivals in the state of West Virginia. And they're, they want to do those events because they're trying to maintain their cultural existence and what's good about Buchanan, what's good about Morgantown, what's good about Clarksburg, pick your town. Um, And those should be, you know, supported like all of our live, you know, venues should be supported from down to sometimes like the gritty bars up to the Met theaters, you know, up to the, you know, the clay centers and whatnot. Um, Because West Virginia has, you know, a lot of great art, you know, to, 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 to talk about and, any way that that can be supported, I mean, we should. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome, Josh. What's one piece of advice you would give to uh, young people, entrepreneurs, maybe uh, thinking about uh, starting a business? I mean, you, you've been grinding it out. I don't mean that in a negative way, no. I mean, in a positive way, uh, since 1993 or so. Um, years and years, decades have gone into your your passion, and now you've got this amazing, beautiful space. Uh, the brand new studio for Blues Alley. What's one piece of advice you would give to young people out there listening to this that uh, may be thinking, man, I'd love to start something. Do. It's literally that. Do. Like so many people like to sit and think about it. Do it. Like, you know, just start doing it a lot of times. It's like, yes, try to get yourself educated in things. I'll say that education will take you further than anything in the world. But even beyond that, like just start doing, start crashing into things. Like if you want to get into the music industry, just start doing it. Literally, you know, it sounds so simple, but just do like, you know, don't wait for somebody to do it for you because you're going to be waiting a long time, probably going to be sitting in that waiting room forever. But, you know, just just do. I tell my students all the time, like if you're thinking about it, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. And a lot of times you'll crash and burn. Trust me, I've had my fair shares of crashes and burns and that that didn't work, you know, sort of thing. But, you know, it was like, pick the pieces up. I mean, we sort of laugh. It's like, you know, with like when you said, Jim, you got to be this fill in drummer and ride the tour bus. I mean, the reason we bought a tour bus is because we said, we're going to do it. We're going to own a tour bus and and we're going to do it. And it was just that it was nothing more than we're going to do it. And and that's what you do. I mean, the, the first step is taking the first step. Yeah, and the next thing you know, you're you're sharing a stage with Zach Brown Band, you know. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 just awesome to to witness that and, and to see it and to reflect on you know on on all those things. And and I, I love your advice. I think it's great. And you know, I I often tell people that you you need to get in proximity with people that are doing it. You know, mm-hmm. and 
and, and folks, you know, like, you know, Josh, I'm sure you have mentors that can help you along the way. And, and we all have, right. We've all yeah. learned from people that we've come in, into experience with and, and, you know, and what's cool about, you know, what you just said too, is that in, in this day and age in, in, you know, on, in March of 2021, it is so awesome. You could start your company today and be doing it today. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go through, you don't have to have teams of people helping you and you don't have to have tons of capital. You could start where you are with what you have. And I think yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome today. You know, like mm-hmm. you were saying, that, you know, I love the, the backstory of, you know, doing this, uh, starting this studio in the, in the basement of your mom and dad's home, right underneath your, their, your parents' bedroom. And, and I mean, that just goes to show you, you know, um, you can do it anywhere. You could just do yeah. it. You got to do. And I love uh, that's great advice. One word, do. Josh, what's one thing that you do every day in your personal life that you think contributes to the success you're having? Um, I, my brain never stops thinking about it. I mean, it's, you know, it just, I'm always, I'm sort of always on, um, I'm always either the tasks that I have or, you know, at hand that will be coming up, or I'm always thinking about, well, what's the, what's the next thing that we need to think about? Um, you know, and, and with that, it's a, um, you know, how does that, you know, how does that benefit, I don't really ever say me, you know, I'm not, I'm very unselfish in that way. I think, how does it benefit the community at large? You know, I've just, it took me a long time to figure out why I love doing what I do, you know, and I've realized it's, it's, it's sort of, it's the kill, so to speak. I figured that out and it's like, well, what's that? You know, it was the success of doing it. It was, you know, getting the gig, you know, it's like, okay, we got the gig, you know, to me, the, the, the fun part was like, yeah, we got it, you know, or, or we got to do this or we got to do that. That was for the success. Like if somebody said, oh, we made money. Oh, okay. Oh, we did. Great. You know, um, yeah. that, that was nice. But kind of like think, feeling you, you, you record a CD and you get that first one in the package and you're like, wow, we did this. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, then you realize you got like a whole bunch of them. You got to sell, but ah, <laughs> that'll happen. Don't worry about that. We you have know. thousands in the garage. We got to <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll, those, those, yeah, don't worry about them. They'll, they'll get sold. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, that's sort of my thing. I mean, I'm, you know, I sometimes make lists of, of things that I, you know, I mean, we kind of all do that, but I really think to me, it's just that, you know, I don't want to say to everybody always be on, uh, cause everybody needs time for rest and relaxation. And, and I do that, but a lot of times, uh, I don't find down downtime in my day uh, to me can be very frustrating. You know, um, I, it's, you know, maybe if I'm not doing music, that downtime is like, you know, I'm building a building, so to speak, yeah. or, you know, it's just, I have to sort of be occupied. My brain needs to constantly be, you know, occupied with things. And, and when it is, is that's when it becomes the most uh, fruitful and successful. So that's good stuff. I appreciate that. Josh, what's one book that you'd recommend uh, for aspiring entrepreneurs or even a podcast that you, that you're listening to right now? You know, I want to, I thought about that question. Um, and I'm not, I'm not an avid book reader, so to speak. Um, and, but I'm more of a journal reader, you know, I'm more of a like current events sort of, I, I sort of keep my hand on the pulse, so to speak. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, for me, maybe I'll, I'll go that lane. Like I, I tend to, I tend to read the industry trades more than just like the popular industry trades, you know, like, 
the pop stuff is just the artists and what they're wearing and what they're doing. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. So a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm digging into like Billboard uh, in Nashville. I'm looking into like Music Row, All Access, you know, things like that. Reading between the lines of like, well, what what's going on in the industry? What what's what's happening? What what new thing is 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 really going to be the next thing? You know, um, that's sort of how I kind of keep my hand on the pulse yeah. of my industry, uh, so to speak. Um, but you know, that's, you know, that's the more, you know, that kind of reader, like for me to sit down and read a book is, is, is tough. But sometimes when I do, then I get absorbed and I have to read the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So that's good. That's, that's great insight. And I I really appreciate that. Josh, we've, we've covered, covered a lot in this interview. I mean, I, I love your story. I love the, I love what you're doing. Is there anything else you think our listeners should know about Blues Alley or your, your story uh, that we haven't talked about? I mean, you know, just, you know, I'll plug the website, bluesalleymusic.com. You can go there and just see what, um, you know, what we're doing um, here at the studio, you know, who we've worked with. Um, you know, just like I said, come, come and really at this point, come and see it. And I mean, it'll, it'll be a great thing. Um, outside of that, I mean, if you are an aspiring musician and you're young in the state of West Virginia and, and you want a music to be part of your life, I mean, I'll, you know, talk to us at WVU with what the music industry program is doing. I mean, you know, one of my own personal goals is I, I, I want to keep these students here. You know, we know, you and I know Jim that like a lot of people leave West Virginia because of just the economic state and of things. And, and, you know, one of my just sort of personal missions is like, how, how do we maintain keeping our youth here? And, and you can, it can be done and it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, if you're a musician or you're an aspiring musician and you've thought about that, um, you know, check us out at what's going on at WVU, go to the college of creative arts art, uh, website and just look at the music industry program, you know, and, and if you hit the if you hit the button that says learn more, you'll probably I'll probably be getting the email. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, and that's you know that's it's funny that you that you mentioned that, and and uh, not by coincidence, but that's the mission of this podcast. Quite frankly, is to inspire and equip people so that they stay here or come here, you know, uh, and, and especially our young people. We want to we want to give them opportunities and encourage them that, that it can be done. Just like just like you're doing, Josh, and I really appreciate that. I think uh, first of all, we'll make sure we have links to everything. I want to encourage people to number one, check out the website, check out their Facebook page, Blues Alley. I will have links to that in the show notes and on the Facebook uh, page as well, because there's some amazing pictures, and this place just makes you want to go there. There and write a song, you know. Yeah, it just it's it looks like a great place. I haven't been there yet, uh, but it looks awesome uh, and it looks like a really comfortable, high end uh, studio space. You know, something you would see in in music row in Nashville or in. Right in New York city or something of that nature. You've done a great job, Josh. And I, I congratulate you. Number one is my friend, but also Thanks, uh, sir. I, I would encourage people to, to check you guys out as well. Josh, I think it's uh, first of all, I want to say it's been a real honor to have you on the podcast. I, Thank I, you. It's been a while since we've talked and, and I always enjoy catching up with you. I, I think what you're doing is amazing. And I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you much. 
Yes, sir. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Josh Swiger of Blues Alley Studio in Morgantown, West Virginia. Our hope is that we in some way equipped you and inspired you with this successful business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And we appreciate all of your comments, encouragement, and of course, those reviews as well. We encourage you also to share these stories on your social media channels so that more people can can check those out. Be sure to um, check out our weekly show. Also, the Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind. That's every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon, where we bring a panel of business experts from around the state. To uh, Each week we do this to help small business leaders win. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of advancing small businesses and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia, but test negative.